Hello, everyone. This is Ryan, one half of the titular wrestling purists. You'll hear this little intro before each one of the lost episodes. So before this podcast was started, I got my break into podcasting in 2020 with a podcast called Podcast World Order, also known as PWO. Jeff was known on their show as the resident wrestling purist. On their YouTube channel, I would have a weekly show called Referee's Discretion that turned into the ref bump with Jeff, which then turned back into Referee's Discretion, but this time with Jeff. Uh, shortly after that, I decided to leave PWO to start the Wrestling Purist with Jeff. So I owe the name of the Wrestling Purist to Jeff and my break into podcasting to the guys at PWO. Thank you, everyone, for the support. Thank you for your continued support of the show. Check out the Wrestling Purist on all social media at WPPod1. That's WPPOD1. And I hope you enjoy some of my early work as a reviewer. Hello, everyone. Cod Sinclair back again with another episode of Referee's Discretion. Today, we are taking a look at ECW Anarchy Rules 1999, taking place from the Odium Expo Center in Villa Park, Illinois. This was supposed to be a uh, collaborative review uh, with myself and Jeff Hitman Hall. Um, unfortunately, there was some audio issues in post-production. Um, we talked about it and we thought it was best just to get this, just to get this episode out. Um, and we'll have Jeff back in the month of November. Um, but we'll get to that at the end of the review um, with a special announcement. Um, but we're going to jump right into the show here. Um, Masato Tanaka being stopped for an interview, pulling into the arena, um, asking how he feels being the number one contender for the ECW World Championship. Judge Jeff Jones comes from behind, says nobody cares about Masato Tanaka, and that there are plenty of guys who are more deserving of a title shot. Tanaka throws uh, Jeff Jones on the hood of the car and walks away. Uh, Jones then says that Tanaka is going to pay the price. The price will be awesome. Foreshadowing? Tonight on Commentary, we are welcomed to the pay-per-view by Joey Styles and Cyrus, a.k.a. Don Callis. As we open up with our first match, it is Lance Storm being accompanied by Don Marie, taking on Jerry Lynn. Huge pop for Don Marie coming out. Storm, kind of a warmer reception, but obviously for Don Marie. Um, Lynn is out next. Uh, his ribs are taped up. Um, interesting in, uh, ring introductions, though. Don Marie is referred to as Lance Storm's personal bee. Um, and then you have Jerry Lynn being introduced as the new effing show. Um, Joey Styles says that this is the first ECW pay-per-view to be aired in Canada. That is excellent news, um, especially in 1999 as they were rising. Um, they only had a couple of pay-per-views under their belt at this time. Um, this is a great catch as catch can wrestling here. Um, at one point, they're exchanging pinfall attempts. Jerry Lynn gets the better of the exchange. It's a beautiful German suplex for a near fall. Storm hits a super kick out of nowhere. Both men are down, 
but Storm's leg falls over Jerry Lim. It takes referee John Finnegan a hot minute to realize that this counts as a pin. By the time he gets into into position and starts the pinfall, it's only good for a near fall. Um, Storm grabs a leaping Jerry Lynn and sits him on the top turnbuckle. Storm climbs up with him, and Jerry Lynn hits a sunset flip powerbomb for a pin attempt, but Don Marie gets involved, throws a chair at John Finnegan to break up the count. Both men to a vertical base. Jerry Lynn grabs the chair, swings, and misses. Storm goes for a powerbomb, but Jerry Lynn counters with a DDT for a pin attempt, but Don Marie once again involved. Put Storm's foot on the rope. Landstorm tries to whip Jerry Lynn into the corner. They have a chair propped uh, right in between the second and third turnbuckle. Lynn baseball slides underneath the bottom rope to avoid the chair, but catches his ribs on the ring post. Lynn to the middle rope, connects with a beautiful Hurricane Rana. Um, after that move, Jerry Lynn really favoring the ribs now. Uh, Landstorm with a big knee to Lynn's ribs, rolls him up with a three-quarter Nelson pin for the win. Um, solid two count here. Uh, Jerry Lynn does a great job throughout the match selling his ribs. Um, everyone looks strong. Um, I feel like um, the fact that John Finnegan's um, officiating was really inconsistent, um, as well as Don Marie's interference, it was there, but it was very weak. Um, it... It really didn't serve as any purpose. Um, the count would have been higher if those things would have been corrected. Out next to the ring, Simon Diamond, for his ECW debut, has a mic in hand. He says he has a problem. He says he needs a tag team partner, so he looks at Tom Marquez, who is the most recent graduate of the House of Hardcore, um, but tells him to sit back down because he doesn't say Simon Says. Simon says that there is no man that wants to stand next to him and be his tag team partner. And here comes Jazz. Jazz comes out to the ring, says she's trying to prove herself. And after taking some um, rather harsh, uh, misogynistic um, trash talking um, from Simon Diamond, um, Jazz pushes Simon into the corner. And the only thing you hear is Simon Diamond yell, Marquez, get in and get her. Um, and now we hear a bell. So, um, next match, I guess, is Jazz versus Tom Marquez. Um, Marquez with a kick to the gut. Jazz off the ropes with a crossbody. Catches her and hits a world's strongest slam. Stands right over top of her showboating, and she locks in a testicular claw. Getting out of it, Marquez with a thumb to the eyes. Jazz off the ropes, though, hits a jazz stinger out of nowhere. She goes for a pin. Looks like it's going to be a three count. But Tony DeVito pulls the ref out of the ring before he can count the win. Um, if we're going to count this as a match, and I am because it will go into the final grading, uh, this is an absolute zero. There's nothing that really happened here. Um, I mean, I mean, Jazz is a tremendous women's wrestler. Um, but... The match overall, there was there was nothing to it. Um, so it's going to get a zero count. Now you have DeVito and Simon Diamond with the beatdown on Jazz when Nova and Chris Chetty run in and make the save. Nova and Chetty dispose of DeVito and Simon, and I guess now we have a tag team match. Uh, Nova and Chris Chetty versus Simon Diamond and Tom DeVito. 
Nova with a springboard crossbody to the outside on Simon and DeVito. Nova going for DeVito in the ring, uh, but he hits a low blow. You have to love somebody like Tom DeVito. Um, wrestling on a pay-per-view in like cut-off uh, sweatpants shorts and, and white socks and tennis shoes. It's just a beautiful sight to behold. Um, but he's putting the boots to Nova. Um, picks him up for a sloppy-looking powerbomb. Cut to Chetty sitting on the outside. Uh, medical personnel taking a look at his uh, knee or his ankle um, probably within, within that first run-in. Uh, but you do not see him for the rest of the match. Uh, DeVito is the legal man now. Um, horribly botches a side effect. Crowd lets him have it hard. So he feels, you know, just try it again. And, I mean, he connects, but the crowd continues to give it to him. Uh, Jazz on the apron now for no concernable reason. Uh, but out of nowhere comes Roadkill, Danny Doring, and Angelica. Uh, taking it to Simon Diamond, Nova, and DeVito. Roadkill and Doring hit a heart attack on Jazz. Then Roadkill to the top, attempting a big splash on Jazz, but is cut off by C.W. Anderson and a group of guys from the back. Um, we'll cut it off right here. Um, the grade for the tag team match is a zero count as well. Minimal action. Um, I was really contemplating giving it a half count. Um, because albeit there was really nothing to it, um, there was still a little bit of action, um, just, just a glimmer of hope. Um, but then you had DeVito who almost botched a power bomb and then that horrible botch of that side effect. It was just unforgivable. Huge brawl going on inside the ring. Now the guys in the back and the guys that were in the previous two segments out of nowhere, here comes New Jack to join the fray with a trash can full of weapons. The crowd comes completely unglued. New Jack uses every weapon in that trash can to take everyone out as him and Nova at the end stand tall. We still have plenty of pay-per-view to go, so we can only go up from here. Uh, next is a three-way dance, uh, the first of two of the evening. Uh, we have Little Guido being accompanied, well, being carried to the ring uh, by Sally Graziano versus Yoshihiro Tajiri and Super Crazy. Um, obviously, fast-paced action to start. We end up with Super Crazy and a camel clutch by, by Guido, and Tajiri hits a dropkick. Back in the camel clutch, another dropkick from, from Tajiri, but not for Super Crazy, but for Guido this time. Tajiri, the only man in the ring now. Super Crazy and Guido are going at it outside of the ring. Uh, both men end up over the railing. Um, Tajiri hits a baseball slide, though, to get out to the ring. Um, stays on the apron, though, and then hits a big acai moonsault over the railing into the crowd on both men. Tajiri and Guido on the outside now. Uh, Tajiri throws Guido over the railing. And now it's Super Crazy's turn to hit a top rope acai moonsault over the railing once again on both men. Super Crazy back in the ring. Sally Graziano getting involved on the apron. Um, Super Crazy, though, hits a springboard dropkick. Sends Sal through the table to the outside on the concrete. This was a tremendous spot to behold. Because Sally Graziano is 600 plus pounds. Um, and him falling from the apron through a table that's on a concrete floor is insane. Um, 
He does hold himself a little bit after the drop kick to try and, I guess, soften the blow a little bit. Um, but it's it's still a nasty spot. Um, back to the match, though. Tajiri goes for a sunset flip powerbomb on Super Crazy. Somehow turns it into a tarantula. Uh, Guido with a big drop kick on Super Crazy while still in the tarantula. Super Crazy now with an inverted surfboard on Tajiri. Turns it into a dragon sleeper. Very innovative offense in this match is why it's one of my favorites of the night. Double team action here now, though, on Tajiri. Super Crazy has a camel clutch, and Guido has a Sicilian crab locked in. Guido with an unprettier on Super Crazy for a near fall. Tajiri has Guido in a tree of woe. Super Crazy goes for a basement drop kick, but Guido sits up and avoids. However, Tajiri right behind him with one of his own connects. Um, shortly thereafter, Super Crazy hits a moonsault to eliminate him. So now we are down to a one-on-one -on -one contest between Tajiri and Super Crazy. Super Crazy taking way too long to attack, in my opinion. Tajiri hits a springboard back elbow. Super Crazy reverses a suplex attempt with a sit-out powerbomb. Super Crazy has a dragon sleeper locked in, climbs the ropes, and hits an inverted tornado DDT. Super Crazy going for the trifecta of moonsaults, gets one, but Tajiri gets the knees up on the second. Crazy on his knees now, Tajiri with a dropkick to the head, and then another dropkick, sending him to the mat. Tajiri then connects with a brain basta and gets the win. Um, this is a two and a half count for me. This is a heck of a match. All three competitors look strong. Um, I actually had this at a two count for a while um, because once Guido gets eliminated, um, unfortunately, action stops almost immediately. Um, we now get good good sequences within the match every other moment. Um, shortly after, I realized I was nitpicking a little too much. Um, then I actually came back to this one after watching the second three-way dance. Um and I bumped it up. Uh, but this is an excellent three, three-way dance. This is exactly what ECW was known for. Um, it's a staple of ECW. And you'll also see why that's a valid point later in the review. Backstage now, Steve Carino said he was going to get the Insane Clown Posse tonight to wrestle the ECW Tag Team Champions, Raven and Tommy Dreamer. But Carino said the reasoning they gave him was that they knew they were going to lose. This was right around the time where they were doing um, spot performances in WWF for the for the oddities. Um, they were doing it for free, essentially, um, to get their name out into the wrestling world a little more. Um, when they finally wanted to start getting paid, Vince didn't want to pay them, um, so then they started branching out. Um, First to ECW, and then shortly hereafter, you would see them in WCW. Um, probably remembered for most uh, for being in the Dark Carnival with Vampiro, and eventually the Kiss Demon. Um, cut to the crowd, though. Billy Corgan sighting. Um, and then right back to Styles and Cyrus as they continue to bury the insane clown pop. On our next match now, Just Incredible being accompanied by Jason versus Sabu being accompanied by Bill Alfonso. Just Incredible out first on the mic, says that Sabu was reinstated, but 
he now has a restraining order against Sabu. He gives it to the ref, who I guess is the law and order, of course. Um, says it's a legit document, but there's no law and order tonight because tonight anarchy rules. And that was something that was said numerous times throughout the review. Um, they said it at the beginning, they say it here. By the end of the night, you probably hear it a couple more times. Announcer Bob Ortiz goes to announce Sabu. Um, Credible threatens him. He says, don't say it, or I'll beat you within an inch of your life. Um, and Bob Ortiz, doing his job, goes to start again. And he gets absolutely destroyed by Justin Credible uh, via his kendo stick. Uh, lights go out, and Sabu is now in the ring. Sabu, right across from, from Justin Credible. Jason tries to jump him. Uh, does not work. He takes him out, and we have a match now. Uh, Sabu getting to work on Just Incredible. Both men to the outside very quickly. Sabu cracks Just Incredible with a chair shot to the head. Bill Alfonso slides a table onto the stage, and Sabu has it set up. Credible does turn the table, no pun intended, puts Sabu on the table and hits a big splash. Credible over the barricade now. Sabu in the ring. Sets up a chair off the top rope now. Somersault plancha onto Just Incredible. There's a table set up against the barricade on the outside. Credible on the table now. This time hits a big leg drop from Sabu, uh, but the table doesn't break. Sabu goes for it again. Um, Credible rolls out of the way, though. Sabu eats all of it, and the table disintegrates. Back in the ring now, we see that Credible is busted open from all of that. Quick tug of war over the kendo stick. Credible wins and cracks it over the head of Sabu. Credible hits a stunner, sends Sabu through a table in the corner. Sabu, though, very, very cunning and wise to hit just incredible with a broken part of the table, and we are back to even. Credible has Sabu up for a that's incredible. Sabu turns it around. Uh, Jason hits him in the head with the kendo stick, turns it back to Credible. He connects and gets a near fall. Sabu up, misses an Arabian face buster. Credible hits a That's Incredible on the steel chair to get the win. This is a solid two count form. Um, I was contemplating dropping it to a one and a half count, but the story was there. Um, Outside interference was minimal uh, for this one, which in a Bill Alfonso match um, or even a match involving Jason, uh, there's usually a little more. Um, but it was a good violent match. The violence was a little slower. Um, it was a little more methodical. Um, but even with that, um, big spots from both men. The story was there. This is a good solid match. All right, ECW World Heavyweight Championship match time as Masato Tanaka is challenging the champion Taz. Steven Angelis is taking over announcing duties now due to the beatdown of Bob Ortiz at the hands of Justin Credible. Um, Taz is announced, gets the streamer treatment, followed by a you-sold-out chant from the crowd. Um, the, the crowd not even looking at the men in the ring, um, looking over to to the side of the hard camp, and it's Mike Awesome coming through the crowd with Judge Jeff Jones in tow. 
Taz grabs a mic, says, if he wants some, come get some. Paul Heyman at ringside talking with Jeff Jones. Heyman quickly then says, this is a three-way dance now. Um, great mic work here by Taz um, throughout this whole segment. Really healing it up here, doing an excellent job. So, refresh. We have now a three-way dance between Mike Awesome, Masato Tanaka, and Taz for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. As the bell is ringing, Tanaka is already launching himself to the outside onto Mike Awesome. Both men back in the ring, slugging it out in the corner across from Taz, and he's just standing there watching it and just clapping along. Um, they both turn to him, temporary alliance between the two. Taz says to bring it, and here we go. Taz has suplexes for both of them. Awesome recovers first, though, to the top, but he gets caught by Taz and hits a belly-to-belly -belly overhead suplex. Tanaka out of nowhere with a roaring elbow. Awesome hits an awesome splash, and within the first two minutes, the ECW World Heavyweight Champion, Taz, is eliminated. Uh, both men are in shock, as well as the crowd. Uh, you have talent trickling from the back, um, just in shock and awe of what they've just witnessed. Um, the crowd increasingly becomes more unglued with the fact that Taz has lost. Um, Taz gets to the top of the rampway, surrounded by um, the talent that had trickled out. He looks at him. He says, here we go. And we now have a one-on-one -on -one match for um, the championship between Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. Mike Awesome wasting no time, setting up a table on the outside. Um, grabs Masato Tanaka, gets him up for an awesome bomb. Tanaka wiggles out, though, um, and then Tanaka clotheslines Awesome to the outside where the ramp is. Um, Mike Awesome reeling on the ropes. Tanaka has a chair, runs all the way up. And before I go any further with this, they did the same spot for ECW Heat Wave 1998, also reviewed here on Referee's Discretion. Um, but he's got a chair in his arm, runs all the way up the entrance ramp. And this time it's funnier, though, because he runs up to the ramp, and there's still that huddled mass of man who trickled out from the back for when Taz lost. They're still standing there. So as he's running up to the top, they have to like shuffle out of the way to like make a path for him. Um, so he runs up, they do that, and then he sprints down, hits Mike Awesome in the head. Um, but they pulled off the same spot. Um, it's not, I mean, it's, it's typical of men that have worked very frequently together in the past to do similar spots. Um, but this isn't that far after, um, he waved 98. So, um, I guess just within the short frame that I've watched both shows back to back, um, you know, it, it, it just left a, left a weird feeling. Um, but anyway, back to the match, um, chairs on the ramp, Tanaka with a tornado DDT onto the chair. Everybody's back in the ring now. Mike Awesome with a chair over his face. And Tanaka with a chair up to the top. Big elbow drop and a near fall. Tanaka goes for an awesome bomb of his own. Awesome reverses it 
and hits one through the table on the outside. Um, this this spot, um, Sally Graziano tried um, a little earlier in the show where you know he fell through the table that was on the concrete. This was ten times worse. Um, uh, Tanaka fell right on the upper part of his back, right through that table onto the floor. Um, I'm a I'm a hardcore mark for Masato Tanaka matches. Um, not only is he uh, a great in in ring performer, he puts it all on the line every single time, and it's incredible to watch him. Judge Jeff Jones throws a chair into Mike Awesome, who then hits Masato Tanaka twice in the head with the chair. Does not go down on the third chair shot, though he does. Tanaka recovers, going for a roaring elbow. Awesome ducks and hits a German suplex, followed by a spear. Jones gets Awesome a chair and into table. Mike Awesome to the top rope, hits Tanaka in the head, coming down uh, with the steel chair. Tanaka now placed on the table. Mike Awesome to the top rope. Tanaka gets off the table, meets Awesome on the top rope. Awesome, though, somehow miraculously hits an awesome bomb through the table to win and become the new ECW World Heavyweight Champion. Post-match Taz, um, who for a while now as uh, the World Heavyweight Champion, has said whoever beats him and is the new champion, he will hand the title to them himself and shake their hand. Um, So here in the moment, um, Taz is a man of his word gives the title to Mike Awesome, and shakes his hand. This is a two-count. Strong showing um, by Mike Awesome and Masato Tanaka. Um, Good good for Taz to go out on his back. I'll get to that in a moment. Um, I liked Awesome versus Tanaka from Heat Wave more than this. Um, This was still good. I just didn't like the fact that, you know, we're just replaying... um, just the same spots in the matches, just on a different card. Um, like I said earlier, it, it it just left me with a weird feeling because I had seen it before. Um, like I said, this is this is great. Anytime Mike Awesome Masato Tanaka get in the ring, it is good stuff. Um, throughout the match, though, um, commentary is saying that Mike Awesome wasn't supposed to be here. He wasn't scheduled. Wasn't on the show which was absolutely true. At the time, he was actually wrestling for All Japan Pro Wrestling and was known as the Gladiator. Taz, on the other hand, would have only two more matches after this, one on pay-per-view and one pre-taped that would air on TNN. He was signed by WWF, which why we got the crowd chanting, the streamers, the swan song-esque ending, um... Taz has gone on record, though, saying that the reason he didn't re-sign with ECW was because he was at the top and he lost his passion. Um, who knows um, if that's 100% true or not because there was friction um, leading up to his departure between uh, himself and and Paul Heyman. But, you know, it's 2020. That was 1999. So, um who knows? I just know that what WWF did to Taz after this, it was pretty appalling. Um, uh, but that's another review for another time. 
vignette now with Raven uh, hanging out at a playground, um, showing the history uh, between uh, him and Tommy Dreamer, including how Dreamer stole Beulah McGillicuddy away from him and Dreamer's first pinfall victory over Raven. This is a long history-filled vignette. Raven has done better in the past um, with his promos and, and vignettes. Um, this is just one that didn't cater to me. Um, it was very drawn out, um, especially now looking back at this after what we're getting ready to see. Um, it just kind of felt very long-winded. The ECW Tag Team Championship match is supposed to be next, but Joel Gertner out with a mic, cutting off Steven DeAngelis very quickly, says he's going to interview Tommy Dreamer and Francine. He asked Tommy Dreamer about his back injury, to which he says he's going to stop listening to doctors and innovate some violence. Here comes Steve Carino um, with Rhino and Jack Victory in tow. Carino says, if you want to bleed, I'll make you bleed. And six Rhino on him. Um, we get a bell, and it's just Tommy Dreamer and Rhino in the ring. Um, I know this is the spot where the ECW Tag Team Championship match was supposed to be. Um, I don't really know what's happening right now. There's no Raven. Uh, Carino is not in the match. It's just a singles match. So we will move forward and go from there. Um, some back and forth to start. Dreamer puts Rhino on the top turnbuckle and hits a hangman's neckbreaker. Carino takes a swing at Dreamer and Dreamer chases him off. In the process, walks right by Jack Victory's wheelchair. So Dreamer circles back, grabs Jack Victory's wheelchair, wheels him into Francine, who cracks him in the head with a chair. Dreamer back in the ring, going for a Spicoli driver, but his back gives out. And Rhino then hits a spine buster. Carino comes back out with a ladder. Rhino accidentally gets Iris whipped into it, sending Carino down. Dreamer going for a DDT on Rhino on the chair, but Rhino throws Dreamer back first onto it. Francine on the apron now hits a high kick on Rhino. She gets pulled into the ring. Rhino hits a big sit-out power slam on Francine. Rhino now going for a pile driver on Tommy Dreamer when Raven finally decides to show up. He's running down the running down the ramp and almost comically ties himself up in the ropes, just trying to get in. Um, when you go back and watch this, it's absolutely comical. Um, maybe he was just a little excited, um, but he gets tangled up really easy, and it's hilarious. Um, but immediately hits or grabs Rhino, hits an Eva Flow DDT. Victory and Carino in the ring now. The Irish Road Dreamer and Raven into each other. Both are unfazed. Dreamer and Raven both hit a DDT on their opponents to get the win. Um, DeAngelis announces Raven and Dreamer are the tag champs. I don't know what this was. It's a zero count. I am beyond confused. Um, no proper introduction to the match. No logic behind just starting out with Tommy Dreamer versus Rhino. People just coming in whenever they want. And above all, it wasn't really a tag match. It was a singles match with some run-ins. And then finally at the end, um, you know, Steven D'Angelo says something about the tag team titles. Done. This was, this was 
this was rough. The only thing that saved it was the was Raven getting tangled in the ropes. Axel Rotten in the ring now with a mic calls out the new ECW World Heavyweight Champion Mike Awesome. Instead of getting him, out come the Impact players. Storm tells Axel to rescind his offer or they will make him rescind it. Axel takes the fight to them, but quickly gets caught in the numbers game. Crowd increasingly becoming unglued. Here comes Balls Mahoney and Spike Dudley to help. Spike goes to ask to drop Jason, but Dom Marie is in his way, so Spike instead gives her an acid drop. Ball's back in the ring with a chair. Everyone bolts with but Johnny Smith, who gets a wicked hair sh- headshot with the steel chair. Um, boy, was that a rough spot to watch. He was supposed to face Rob Van Dam in the main event um, for the ECW World Television Champion, but Axel, back on the mic, um, asks Bill Alfonso to accept the new opponent of Balls Mahoney. Uh, Steven D'Angelo starts announcing, and here we go. So we will make this official. Balls Mahoney challenging Rob Van Dam for the ECW Television Championship. RVD demonstrating his athleticism early. It's a springboard back kick and a top rope crossbody. Balls to the outside. Rob Van Dam follows. RVD avoids going into the ring post and said sending balls into it and then into the crowd. Alfonso, with the attempted assist, throws a chair balls so RVD can kick the chair into his face. And instead, RVD slips hard on the guardrail. Uh, balls then throws the chair at RVD's head. Back in the ring, Balls gains control with a big belly-to-belly. He sends RVD over the barricade and follows him over with a chair. Balls swings and misses, and RVD retaliates with a Van Daminator. Balls busted open and RVD back in the ring. He connects with a huge somersault plancha in the crowd on Balls. Both men back in the ring now. Balls on the offensive with a big power slam, a New Jersey jam, a ball breaker. Then to the top rope, he mocks RVD, hits a frog splash. Balls up to the top again, but RVD meets him up there and hits a big superplex. RVD with rolling thunder on a chair onto Balls. RVD goes for a monkey flip on the chair, but Balls counters with a powerbomb on the chair. RVD attempting a northern light suplex. Um, Balls counters with a DDT on the chair. Balls with a pile driver follows it up with a super kick. Um, commentary and the crowd lose their mind over this. Um, I'll, I'll get more into that at the end of this match. Uh, But Balls now with his own chair blasts RVD in the head. Goes for the pin, but Bill Alfonso breaks it up. Balls going to hit Alfonso. Misses. RVD now on the top turnbuckle. Finally connects with the Van Daminator. RVD back up top. Hits a five-star frog splash and gets the win. Uh, Post-match, Rob Van Dam and Balls Mahoney hug it out. Uh, Fade to black. End of the show. Um... It's a solid one and a half count. Um, a little bit of a slower movement, uh, probably because of Balls Mahoney, um, but he is super athletic. Um, as a bigger guy, it's a uh, very welcome surprise to see that he's as agile and athletic as he is. 
Um, credit to both men, though. This is a very good match. Um, just the slower pace. Um, it really takes you out of everything that happened leading up to this match. Um, all the matches before it, the brawl, uh, the culmination of the of the entire card was this match, and I don't think that it lived up. My final grade for ECW Anarchy Rules 1999 is 3.5 out of 5 stars. The Ric Flair Award goes to the three-way dance between Little Guido, Tajiri, and Super Crazy. Uh, the Russo Award goes to the Simon Diamond segments and matches. Um, we had a very strong opener. Then we had the Russo Award recipient. And then a strong rest of the card uh, sands the um, tag title stuff. I, I don't know what to call it. Um, the one thing I haven't mentioned, though, is how dang good um, Cyrus and Joey Styles were on commentary. Um, this doesn't... I wouldn't rank this card in general above the other card. Um, that I've reviewed here on Referee's Discretion, ECW Heatwave 1998. Um, I feel like that card overall had more cohesion. Um, and overall, it while it misstepped a little bit throughout the card, um, this had moments where it just completely took you out of everything. Um, whereas Heatwave, it, it just kind of kept chugging along and you didn't realize that any misstep had happened. Um... So if you're choosing between the two, which one to watch, this is a, this is a pretty dang good show to watch. Um, but I would recommend the Heat Wave 1998 um, card first. So those are my thoughts on Anarchy Rules 99. What did you think about it? Leave your thoughts in the comments below. Remember to watch WrestleCast live every Monday and Thursday on Facebook, YouTube, and listen on Apple Podcast. Head over to our YouTube page uh, to catch Creative Control, starring Patrick Lilly, uh, who just released the first episode last week. Um, still on the docket, um, waiting for the debut of the Dean of Old School Dwight Parker show, Do Your Darn Homework. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and follow Podcast World Order on social media platforms. If you like what we're doing here at Podcast World Order, and you would like to contribute, um, there is a link in the description box below um, that goes directly to our to our Kofi page um, where you can donate anything that you would like to to show support. On our next episode, I'm going back to TNA, and gosh darn it, I'm taking some of these ECW guys with me. Join me next time as I review TNA No Surrender 2006. From everyone here at Podcast World Order, thank you for watching. And remember, at the end of the day, it's referee's discretion. I'm Cod Sinclair, and I'll see you next time.